tuning in to the Dig on Doug podcast. And we're going to get live. We're going to get you ready because you're going to be in for an earful, baby. Let's go. Yo, yo, it's Dig on Doug. Dig on Doug. Dig on Doug. It's your number one spot. Dig on Doug. Dig on Doug. Dig on Doug. Another episode drop. This is Dig on Doug. We speak on things we love. Sports, books, and grub. Listen, we know what's up with me. Relationships, dynamites, main event, politics too In the airways, latest hits If I like it, then I name it If I love it, I'll explain it It's my podcast to play with Or experiment, we explore our differences Fact is, we ain't nothing without photosynthesis So get a load of this, lock in and focus in Informative discussions with substance you can't afford to miss Steer you from the shallow pits of hopelessness Change your mind state from renting to ownership We on some showmanship, set goals and go for it Share what I know so you don't have to go through it There's alternatives, hope kinds and turns and twists Yo, it's dig on Doug, fool, you know you heard of this All right, all right, all right. What's up, y'all? Another episode of the Dig on Duck podcast. Uh, this is going to be a fun one. I mean, all of them are fun to me, um, but this is going to be a good fantasy fun one um, for, for, for a lot of cult classic people. And I guess, it's, I mean, classics and new classics coming. So uh, we're going to be touching on Star Wars today. So this is going to be amazing. Um, if you're my friend and you're listening to this and you're like, Doug, why didn't I get the invite? Um, don't take it personally. Um, it's okay. I still love you. So uh, I got two two of my my friends in here uh, to tonight. Big Star Wars folks. Like I mean, one got three lightsabers in the background right now, and and another one can talk about Star Wars until the cows come home and the rabbits come home. So. Uh, first, we got uh, my good friend uh, Liam Baxter in, in, the, in the building today, in the Zoom building. So what's up, Liam? Hello there. All right. Glad to, glad to have you here. And you all have heard his voice multiple times on the Dig on Doug podcast. He's, he's nobody new to this. I don't know what episode this is he's been on, but uh, Chris Chu is here. What up, everybody? Thanks for having me, Doug. And, and soon you have to call him Dr. Chris Chu. So just uh, throw that out there. That's coming. Last episode, I had three doctors on there. I was joking around calling episode three, three doctors and a Doug, but we didn't call it that. But so we're here today. So Star Wars. So let me just set the premise for this. Uh, I've never been a big Star Wars fan. Like a lot of like a lot of people in my life know. Never was like, oh, like Star Wars. This. I never really got it. I was always like, oh, OK, that's. A cool thing people like it's like it's cool it brings people together all of this and i recently uh started i had to watch clone wars a couple a couple years ago really enjoyed it and then i watched uh recently watched bad batch um had dabbled in some of the mandalorian um watched it with some friends and then um rebels and bad batch are what really got me um it was really this point of like oh okay like seeing the the rebels part of they're no longer spoiler alerts if you haven't watched it or anything i mean there's the jedi order is not around like it used to be um and there's these these level of rebels and all this stuff and so really seeing the the full expansion of the the universe of the galaxy of star wars is really intriguing me like i told somebody today if you put me on a level of one to ten of uh star wars interest i'm at about three or four and it's climbing. All of this is new. So as Chris will probably touch on in a test, 
that the Star Wars was just something I enjoyed with my friends and, and I could appreciate that. So um, just want to jump off and uh, Liam, we'll start with you. Just when did you first watch Star Wars? And, and in a sense, what does Star Wars mean to you? Uh, Which is a, a difficult question, I know. We'll, we'll yeah. go with this. When did you first watch Star Wars and what movie was it? We'll start All right. So I first saw Star Wars and I was about four years old. I'm 33 now. Um, and that, this was, so we're talking the original Star Wars before it was rebranded as A New Hope. Um, VHS in the mid-90s. Yeah, I just grew up watching those, those, that original trilogy on VHS. And 99 rolled around and the prequels started rolling in. Um, played, you know, played Super Empire Strikes Back on the old Super Nintendo in the 90s. <laughs> Read some of the Timothy's on Heir to the Empire stuff when I was a kid. So, um, yeah, been, been in it since the 90s. And, and, and so at the age of four, like, what's something that just struck out to you of, like, this really connected with you? Just so was a four-year-old? Yeah. Lightsabers going bang in space. <laughs> All right. Okay. You know, and, uh, and it, it's funny because actually, as a kid, never remember being scared of Darth Vader. I was always intrigued by him. Mm-hmm. Well, I immediately gravitated to that side. I don't know what that says about me. Yeah, we might have to touch on that. We might have to look into that. <laughs> so, uh, Chris, what about you? Just first time you saw Star Wars and, and yeah. So I don't remember the exact age, but I was definitely probably about five, six, seven in that range. Um, I remember... Remember back in the day when you would go to Target or Costco or wherever and like they would be like showcasing their like TV. So they would like put on a movie, like just a random movie. And then I remember the first scene I actually I vividly remember seeing was the trash compactor scene in A New Hope where, yeah, they're rescuing Princess Leia and they're down in the thing and, you know, they're trying to brace the thing. I have a very vivid memory of like just being like, oh, my God, what is this? Because they're like wearing this armor and I don't understand because it's different than anything I've ever seen in my life. And like, there's a monster that's coming out of the thing and there's, but there's robots also that are like trying to talk to them and like all of that, like that scene always remember is never memorable to me. And then yes, at the end. And then I remember them transitioning. I remember just sitting there watching because my parents, that's what my parents did to when I would go to a store, they would just sit me down or I would stop in front of the TV and I would just stand there and watch the TV, whatever, to, whatever just happened to be on, you know, and that day happened to be Star Wars. And then I remember, yeah, watching the scene, the, the lightsaber duel between um, Obi-Wan and Vader on the first Death Star. And again, you're five, six, seven years old. What, what catches your attention is laser swords. Like, come on. What else? What else is there? That's you know, not going to draw the attention. Of a, you know, I don't mean to, mean, mean to make a gendered statement here but you know five six seven year old boy and laser swords is basically goes hand in hand with each other so yeah then it just went from there um i actually don't remember when i finally actually watched all of the original trilogy um in its entirety um but then yeah no i remember being so excited for um i remember being so excited for phantom menace and the prequel trilogy I remember, yeah, I remember I, I had to go on open, the opening weekend. There was, mm-hmm. there, that was without a doubt. I remember that was actually probably the first movie I actually went to go see by myself because I was about 14 then, I think, in 1990. I was like 13, 14, 13 in 1999 when, when Phantom Menace came out. I remember going to see it with my friend 
a friend at the time and yeah it was and it just kind of went from there and I remember doing that I remember seeing then I remember being in high school and seeing and I remember yeah just it was then it's all just a blur at that point yeah um but then yeah eventually I circled back to a lot of the other media clone wars I didn't really actually watch until it was all on Disney plus because I didn't have I didn't actually get a chance to watch it when it was on tv um it was painful having to wait each week for an episode. <laughs> oh, I'm Cartoon sure. Network I'm to sure. release the ne- next one. Oh, I'm sure. Spoiler alert, when you find out Darth Maul survived, I was like, what? I gotta <laughs> wait a week? Are you kidding me? <laughs> what is happening here? Right? And then the first yeah. time he appears and he's got the la- all the like, crazy legs does. and he's just like, what Screaming is happening? <laughs> right. I mean, that's the thing. Even as somebody who got all that spoiled from me, like I knew Maul survived, I knew all of that stuff, like just to actually see them and actually to have somebody be like, ballsy enough to just be like no i know he died in phantom menace but no surprise he didn't actually die like that that was it was still amazing for me um yeah so i mean disney plus helped me a lot just in terms of getting caught <laughs> with a lot of the uh supporting um things because i'd always like i i you know i would google like i knew who ahsoka was i knew a lot of the story just like from stuff i'd read online or what mm-hmm. people talked about but to actually be able to finally watch all of it was so great yeah so and then yeah all the new stuff that's come out is obviously we were obviously doug was just just started recording this but liam and i were talking quite a bit about some of the new developments in the uh, star wars we'll, we'll get to that universe we'll get to that. No, yeah. no 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 need to touch on that yet so yeah. um man so wow um for me it's amazing and this is why i mean this is one why i love the podcast um, and that's why I love interacting with people because, like I said at the beginning, I would go to Star Wars movies with my friends in my adult life because they enjoyed it. Um, and I would enjoy it as well. It wasn't like I was in there like, oh, this sucks. and This doesn't make sense. Uh-huh. But there was slowly something gravitating towards me and, and of all of these things. Um, it just didn't stick stick. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued now into the question of, because I would say like Star Wars is dear to both of you. You just touched on some real deep, dear things for you. So when did it become dear and how did it become dear to you? Uh, we can start with you, Liam. Sure. So um, I think for me, it became very near and dear um, in 97. Um, I had been in living in the United States for about a year and my mom took me to the movie theaters to see the re-release of the original Star Wars, the 1997 theatrical re-release. And so that was my first time, you know, I was what, eight years old, seeing it on the big screen. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and uh, that just blew my mind. And then um, I started to get more interested in it after, after that movie date, you know, um, 1999, Chris mentioned it earlier, but 1999 rolled around and, the new Star Wars was coming, and wait a minute, you're going to tell a story about, about the old movies? <laughs> and so for me, just being in there, and I was about 11, 12 years old when Phantom came out, and um, the pod racing, and the oh my god, the air left the room when Darth Maul ignited his lightsaber. Um, yeah, and then just growing up, I was, you know, you know, as a kid, in middle school and high school, you, you have a hard time finding your way and figuring out who you are, and I don't know, for Star Wars, that just really helped me um with with coming up um as a young adult yeah whether it's getting my myself removed from reality and, and getting lost in this fantasy world not having to deal with bullies and stuff at school yeah 
uh, you know. Um, so for me, I guess it was really a coping mm. um, uh, mechanism, if you will. And now I'm, you know, 30 years deep almost. <laughs> 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 and, 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 I, and I love every, oh, almost every bit of it. Um, oh, that almost part we'll have to get to that we part. might get to that later <laughs> yes <laughs> uh chris what about you uh so for me i think um like i said it's always just it's i've always been interested in sci-fi um so i was you know i never i you know i never i always kind of split the line you know walk the line between star trek and star wars um you know for all the all your podcast listeners who are trekkies obviously um that that was that was a hard that was a battle line that was drawn mm. heavily drawn especially in the 70s 80s 90s when both franchises were running strong and then of course star trek kind of bottomed out a little bit for a while um it seems like so it's going through a renaissance now though. it's going I, through a bit I, of a I, renaissance they've kind of yeah they've hit their they've hit their stride with uh, discovery strange new worlds lower decks yeah um Whichever that new one with the proto star that's more of a kid's show um but yeah but i think uh but i've always been interested in sci-fi and science fiction but there's always just that little bit of want for fantasy in my life but i i don't like really i don't really gravitate towards like high fantasy and like actual wizards and warriors and all that stuff that kind of takes place in that kind of like pseudo middle ages kind of style of fantasy and so but you know i like the idea of magic i like the idea of like wizardry and something mystical and something like I'm that glad you i'm glad you cleared it up because i didn't need harry potter people coming after me okay yeah and so and so and so that's the thing so once star wars ended up being kind of that perfect match of both of those things where you're talking about this space opera and that's really what it is that takes place in space so there are alien species in um spaceships and laser battles and giant space stations and faster than light travel and interplanetary good stuff that's the science fiction part of it but at the same time there's space wizards and telekinesis and laser swords and predicting the future and closing your eyes to move stuff around and being limited clairvoyance and all this kind of like fantasy kind of stuff so it kind of became a perfect blend of everything for me and so it, it really has stuck with me through everything because of that um and yeah it's just there's just and it became and it becomes and it's there's so so much of it also became about like the human experience too i think because yes. star wars despite it obviously taking a place in a galaxy far, far, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and it being like space wizards and laser swords, the things that the characters deal with in terms of family and love, and loss and betrayal and good versus evil, a lot of those things are um, a lot more front and center as opposed to um, Star Trek, where it sometimes can be a little bit more veiled. I think Chris, I think that's part of the attraction too for Star Wars is because a lot if if you really sit down and watch Star Wars and you look at these characters, you can see yourself in some of these characters. Mm -hmm. You look at um Ray, I'm just gonna go ahead and say I'm a Ray Palpatine. You look at yes. her, yes, and yes. her sense of belonging. You know, that is something that people struggle with. Um, Anakin Skywalker doing the right thing versus doing 
what you want to do. We struggle mm-hmm. with that that internal device all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, Luke Skywalker, knowing that you're destined mm-hmm. for something greater, but not willing to take that that first step, being worried about what stands in front of you. Um, so yeah, you can look at all these different characters, see a part maybe part of you, and that eventually, you know, inevitably attracts you to watch more of the product or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, that was literally the next question. Chris started to go into it, and then Liam did. Like the deeper mm-hmm. meaning of this story of like you you just touched on finding yourself and Anakin Anakin journey for me and I, I mean I know it but I don't know it um but understanding it of what I do know I'm just like I'm like I know I see why like I'm like I see why he ended up where he was with just the level of like you like you said Liam was like being told like okay this is right this is what we do you get in a sense hoodwink into this society right but then there's still a pull that's internally in you of like no this doesn't seem right and i want to go over this way and and all of this stuff so so let's let's start to touch on that because i think this is where a lot of people um myself included used to be when i used to be there of look outside looking into star wars and it's like it's gunships it's lightsabers (laughs) all of this stuff but which is all true what, it, it's all that, that that is all part of it too well, both but. things can be right i mean we see we live in such a society where it's an either or thing but more than more than often both things are right or it's a multitude of things but there's such a, a beautiful deeper story in all of this and now i mean we won't be on here that long so you can't cover it all but just what you started to touch on liam and liam and or chris you can go first and it's just that deeper element to to what this this galaxy is um yeah, so you can see a lot of themes um, across the pre the prequel, the sequel, the original trilogy, the ancillary stuff. But I mean, you, I'm just going to go with Anakin Skywalker. Um, for me, uh, the story of redemption. You know, um, he did a lot of awful things, um, but ultimately, he was able to redeem those. Maybe not 100% redeem what he did. Mm-hmm. but make right of the position and the power that he had um, when he came to that revelation. And how did he come to that revelation? Because of the love of his son, that, that human attachment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can even look at Star Wars for the politics, for all the people that are knee high in politics. <laughs> I mean, you look at this guy, Chief Palpatine, oh. you know, starts out as a senator, right, rises through the ranks, Albeit with manipulation and corruption, which smears <laughs> everyday life, and, uh, he eventually bamboozles the entire galaxy. Um, and I know you're going to get into how did he do that, and we'll get into that later, Doug. Um, but yeah, there's just there's so many themes um, that that run through this this franchise. Um, I think it opens it up to pretty much anybody. Because yeah. if you look in the right place, you can find your connection to mm-hmm. to this world. Um, yeah, I'll hand it over to Chris. Let me say this real quick. Like, I know it's gotten deep and in me now. When I was watching Rebels, and I literally felt like I could start to understand Chopper. Like, I was like, <laughs> literally like... <laughs> I, <laughs> Chopper is a gangster. 
I'd be curious to see his total kill count. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I just wanted real bit just jump back to to the um, uh, uh, to the Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people just kind of see this. Oh, he he was really sad, and and oh, because he wanted to save his wife. Bam, he turned dark side and started killing kids and become Darth Vader. But as you know, Doug, because you started watching the Clone Wars, there's a lot more to it. If you think mm-hmm. about Anakin's life, it's a very tragic. He grew up mm-hmm. a slave, was was taken to the Jedi, and essentially was a slave again. If you really think about yeah. it, mm-hmm. um, turns against the Jedi, then becomes a slave of Palpatine. It's a very tragic life, um, but again, the redemption at the end yeah. makes it sweet. Yeah. I, mean, I was going to say, I mean, so much of Star Wars ends up being about choices that people make, too, and how the choices that are made and not made end up dictating not just an individual's life, but the course of an entire galaxy, if you think about it, the, the you know, like the, you know, the choice of Obi-Wan to train Anakin and how that changed, you know, how that led Anakin toward a particular path. Um, You know, Anakin, you know, I mean, and this is where watching Clone Wars does really help to provide a much deeper and greater context to everything between Attack of the Clones and um, uh, Revenge of the Sith because of the fact that, yeah, you see all, like, you see, yes, seven seasons worth of Anakin and Obi-Wan going through all these trials so you can see and you see all those times where Anakin grapples with why the Jedi do the thing the way they do um and you really start to you really start to see how you're you're kind of how messed up the Jedi have become um and the choices they made that way thinking you know having you know having that thousand years of peace and not really having the Sith they think the Sith are gone like all of that stuff um and then, yeah, like he's he, and then he's forced into a place where he thinks that he has no choice left because of the actions of, of Anakin's actions at the end of end of Revenge of the Sith. Though he feels like his only choice is to, you know, succumb to the dark side. But maybe in that situation, if he felt forced by it, I mean, that's part, partly why he's allowed that he is able to have that redemption in the end. And you can see throughout the series um in the in the original trilogy and if you know if you consider um if you consider um oh what god a force unleashed i don't know if it's considered canon or not unfortunately no right yeah right but but then but those but those same ideas are still there that his turn to the dark side still has a benevolence to it because he is trying to bring peace and order to an empire that he so he's made a choice that he thinks is the correct choice to bring peace and balance and whatnot Mm -hmm. and then ultimately you know he makes another choice at the end when he decides you know chuck palpatine down a fulfill the prophecy right to fulfill the prophecy i think i I think i think a 30 year old movie is is okay um but yeah, but just the yeah, all the choices that are made, and also all the choices that subsequent characters also make. Ahsoka choosing to leave the Jedi Order, um, you know, all the things that Mando and Boba Fett and every other character does. Um, it all comes down to choice and destiny, and how much you can defy your own destiny. Um, and you know, and are are you 
being forced into a destiny that you don't want to choose because you you feel like you're forced into it. Like, I really gotta say, you guys are like, like not that you have to. I'm just like buying so much more into Star Wars now. Like, who knows? By this time next year, I might have a lightsaber. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, because this this is the element. Like I was saying earlier, this is the element that 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 expands my mind into love of movies. I don't watch a lot of movies or TVs, honestly. I have a lot of this stuff, but you have to have a real meaning um, for me to sit down and spend my time yeah. to, to watch something. And it's like when I talk to some people and we like, they'll talk about like, oh, this Marvel movie I didn't like, or this one. There's not a Marvel movie that I don't like because I know it's leading somewhere. And so when that's with the Star Wars, with especially watching the, the animations and stuff now, and now getting ready to well watching obi-wan um this might be one of the i think obi-wan will be the first show since game of thrones that i've watched like as it comes up so uh that is big like because i I, like i haven't watched anything in sync with it as it been released in like a long time yeah um and so there's this this bigger notion of this world of this life like you both touch on like these deeper meanings to um life and so um just touching on that like what for your life what does star wars mean to you like what do you see that parallel as like yeah and even if you throw a character in there that's like maybe representation of you like however you want to tackle that but what does that star wars mean to you in that element um well for me there's a lot of lessons to be learned from Mm. star wars I'll, i'll use another example um chris mentioned the jedi earlier um for me, a lesson that I learned from the Jedi is not to be blinded by your own hubris. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi summed it up, and I, I hate to use a quote against Kenobi because he's <laughs> definitely my top five his favorite mm-hmm. characters. I'm going to do top five. But, I, I but, uh, but he's, he, he, uh, he, he stated to Anakin on their showdown of Mustafar, only a Sith deals in absolutes, which is funny because that, that statement is an absolute in and of itself, which shows you just how blinded um, the Jedi were by their that they felt they felt they were so uh, self-righteous right and, and mm. blinded by what they because they they thought they were doing the right thing yeah not acknowledging that you know there's the force isn't this binary thing this dark and light um and there are other jedi like quinlan boss who understood that but um but yeah that's just lessons man um yeah. the, the hubris thing for sure i mean when i look at at, at star wars i see things like i think i see human nature drive envy determination the 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 hunger for power um these are all life elements and so i just really i as funny as it sounds can take life lessons um uh from from these stories i think maybe that's part of the reason why i gravitated so much to it as a kid yeah chris i mean what liam said is yeah definitely true i mean i think so much of star wars is also character driven too that it's it's so much about who you surround yourself with and the influences of the people around you whether or not you know you see the original trio of main characters Han, Leia, and Luke um and you know how they kind of spearheaded a you know a, a rebellion so to speak obviously with other people um but how much they supported each other and kind of guided each other and helped each other through everything and how much they had each other's back through everything and then, um, you know, you, ha- you have the brotherhood um, between Anakin and Obi-Wan. And, you know, that's where Clone Wars is so crucial and kind of really developing that 
Brotherhood, because if you go straight from Attack of the Clones to Revenge of the Sith, then suddenly you have this kind of like, kind of, you know, for like Barry Kerman, you know, and I love Obi-Wan too. Um, so I don't know how this trended. Liam and I both love Obi-Wan, but are kind of <laughs> busting and busting on him a little bit, but how he's just kind of a self-righteous kind of sanctimonious D-bag in the second, in Attack of the Clones, where he's trying so hard to continue to be the master of Anakin when it's very clear that Anakin is much better than him, at least in raw, him, yeah. Yeah, in, in raw force ability that he's trying so hard to rein him in that it makes it kind of a dick to him. Um, and so to go from that to uh, Revenge of the Sith, where it's, you were my brother, Anakin, I loved you. It's hard to like, make that transition but if you watch attack if you watch clone wars then it makes a lot of sense you can see all the stuff they've gone through mm-hmm. together and like you know the ups and downs they've gone through um and how much they influence each other and so you can see you if you watch all the clone wars and then go back to see that final lightsaber duel it takes on a whole, whole other com- whole other complexion because it is the, the pain is palpable at that point and i'm getting goosebumps just listening to you like describe it because i know because i've seen how many times have i seen these movies but you know it's it's just he's so right he's Mm -hmm. so right the contract and then i mean and even and you we give a lot of crap to the sequel trilogy obviously and uh, how you know and you know i don't know if we'll talk about that at all but you know or but the plan is to talk about that but we give a lot of flack to the sequel trilogy and how poorly it's constructed but there's at the same time you know there is a true there is a genuine there is a bond between ray and finn and poe and how much they kind of support each other along with the you know the uh resistance and how they all kind of work together um and so you know just like i said it's just about the people you surround yourself with and the people that support each other through it because ultimately we need other people we can't stand alone with each other um so, I mean, it's really just, and, you know, when those supports fall is when we fall to the dark side. I mean, Chris, I mean, which is not necessarily a bad thing. So for yeah. perspective, that, that is true. It's just a matter of how you harness it. Yes. I mean, what, what came up to me when you were talking about Obi-Wan, like what instantly came into, into my, my heart and my spirit was insecurities. Um, because the, the level of, like we talked about, like, I mean, he was taken from his family young. So then he goes into, like you said, Liam, like another control, well, for him, uh, becoming a now slave in the Jedi Order. And it's like you become so much of this thing where you really don't know. So you buy so much into it and you're like, this is the only way. This is this is the, the gospel. This is the testimony. I mean, I'll make the parallel. This is like, in a sense, going into the armed services in this country. It, it really warps you into thinking that all of this stuff goes this way, is this way. There's a reason the Jedi would take them as very, very young kids. It's brainwashing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So, and then, so, so then you get the, like you said, you pick it the parallel of when he, when he's fighting Anakin and he's like, you know, you're my brother. It's this, because that heart is still there, but it's like when you've bought so much into the system and the identity of something, you don't know, really know how to break away if you don't make a clean breakaway. And that's what Anakin was really grappling with the whole time. He's like, yeah, this is true, but it's like, what about this over here? And I'm like, one thing in Clone Wars, as you always talking about, is like, we're supposed to be peacemakers. Like, you know, it's not about really just going in here. Now, Anakin loves to go into some stuff and 
chop some folks up and aggressive negotiation. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> and and do his thing, but like if he could have truly been himself and not have to hide his marriage and really show his way, like what he really truly could have been become at both sides wanted him so bad because he's the chosen one, but they just want him for their own purpose. Correct. Yeah. And who knows, maybe Anakin would have had a better upbringing or a better connection with Kenobi had Kenobi actually appealed to him and talked to him and said, Anakin, I understand how you feel about Padme. I have my own history with Satine. Yeah. On Mandalore. I get it. Um, you know, I always even argue that Kenobi was not the best teacher. I really think Anakin would have turned out better had he had a teacher like Mace Windu mm-hmm. who understood, mm-hmm. under, who wasn't afraid of the dark side. Right. Um, Qui-Gon Jinn was not afraid. No. Unfortunately, he got shanked, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's it, but it, we sit here and we say, well, what if? Well, we can't because this yeah. is the story and it wouldn't have mm-hmm. unfolded. The, you know, this wouldn't have turned into the story we love had those different things occurred, so... But that's that parallel to life that you talked about, Liam, that that's why is what's getting me now in, into into Star Wars. And I think can get get others into it is those dynamics of, OK, where do I see that parallel in my life where I'm tugging between? Let's just say and I mean, all of us here, we're, we're educated folks It's like, OK, I've been educated in a certain way. But then where do I find my own path? Am I just the educator? And, and uh, Liam works in a K through 12, Chris. So then it's. And you see a lot of teachers who are like, okay, it's just the book. Like it's literally just the book and that's what I go by. But there's not that free spirit and will of like, oh, like how do I go about this in a different way? And so Jedis and Siths are everywhere, people. Just just open your eyes. (laughs) And and, and there's no gray Jedi either. Let's just get that out of the way now. You can be in tune. You can be in tune and have ability with the force, and not be a Sith nor a Jedi. Right. Yeah. Wait. I mean, I. I mean, I don't. I mean, I think that's all it is. Is that just a matter of how do you stay connected with both sides? And I think the reason why there there's a whole idea of a being a great Jedi is that they they need to classify what that in between is because you know, and I I I genuinely believe there is such a thing as a great Jedi. So I would say there's a, such a thing as a gray Jedi refers to the order, so you mm-hmm. can't be a. It's impossible. That is true. Okay, fine. logistically, it's impossible to be a. Right, but there is there is such a thing as a there's such a thing as a gray. Yeah, there's such a thing as a gray force user who Absolutely. understands and respects what the dark side represents, but is able to walk the line. I mean, and if anything, I mean, that's. I mean, it's so funny if you think about it because Mace Windu's entire backstory is about how he like touches the dark side but finds a way to control it, which is so weird if you think about how adversarial he is with Qui-Gon in the first movie, um, seeing as they both have kind of this larger understanding of the force, but they both represent that in such different ways. Well, like, willing to play by the rules. Right, exactly, yeah. Times and he said no because he saw how dogmatic right the jedi teachings have become right exactly yeah yeah he'd rather continue to walk the walk the path instead of just sitting in this temple right well and and i mean it's it's that element of like we're talking about like there's no there's no gray order or whatever but like what popped into my head is like there's no gray order because the jedi want you to be jedi and the sith want you to be sith Mm -hmm. like there's 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 no when two, or a tool like the inquisitors right just be oh god so 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 there you go so it's this level of where do I find my balance 
within all of this. And that was such and is such the struggle with Anakin. I mean, it's, 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 I remember when I first started to get the understanding of, I was like, oh, okay, so hold on, like Darth Vader is, is that guy, but like, and I'm like, because it's, it's always the extreme and, and, you know, to touch into the politic world or even the social world, it's always like, it can, it can often seem like when some information is given or when a, or when a wrong is had, we completely go to the other side. There's never no like, oh, like let's like teeter up to the gray, like look <laughs> over the fence, see what the other side is doing. Um, and like you touched on uh, earlier, uh, Liam and Chris as well. I was talking with a friend about this the other day. It's like the the Jedi were so afraid of the dark side. It's like, oh, like no, like well, it, it, so just to kind of give you a, a another uh, quote, you know, from Yoda: "Fear is a path to the dark side." Fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. Yet you sit there as this wise grandmaster teaching this, but your Jedi Order are scared of the dark side. They're showing fear now. Like again, just shows the uh, the hubris and how stuck in their the mindset they were. As as the as the Bible says, uh, you you became you thought you were wise and became unwise. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a hundred percent what it is, yeah, is that, yeah. you know, they, I mean, you know, credit to the Sith for figuring out a way to run lean and to bide their time and find a way to strike at the opportune moment. Sure. It took a thousand years for them to finally come back up again, but they it played worked. the long game and, you know, Chief Palpatine ended up being the perfect vessel to find a way to manipulate and scheme and, do all he needed to do to not only satisfy his own political goals, but also the his his pull to the dark side of the force and how he can assert the dark side in such a way. Yeah. Now, see, that was my thing. Okay, Chris, you touched on it because we'll, we'll we'll go into this. And Liam, if you got anything, like we'll 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 touch on whatever. I I like the whole time I was watching Cold Wars, I was just like, how how does nobody not know that this man is a fear running game? On both of y'all, I just I can't deal with it. Like I would have been, I, like, <laughs> if I was watching this back in the day when it was coming on one episode a week, I may have hurt somebody. Like I just like I don't get it, and like I need explanation. I want a origin story of Palpatine so bad. Like yes, well like, okay. So <laughs> I'll just drop a really quick. I'll just drop a suggestion. Um, the Darth Plagueis book. Um, I, um, I think it's John Lucino. Um, <clears throat> it's legends now, so it's not a hundred percent canon. However, it tells you the story of how she rose through the ranks, the political ranks in Naboo, how he fell to the dark side, his training under Darth Plagueis, and it takes you all the way up to the events of the Phantom Menace. Um, so you actually get to see Doug how. How did he manage, not just him, how did him and his master, Darth Plagueis, manage to pull this off? Okay, I need that. I'm going to have to get that book because I, I just, it, like, I've, ne- I've almost never been irked by anything in any kind of media before until this. <laughs> well, we can also kind of, I can give this to you. How did he do it? I can give you another quote from, from our, our wise <laughs> Jedi um, uh, Yoda. The dark side clouds everything. Impossible to see the future is. So, um, understandably so, with that being said, 
And if you read a lot of the ancillary materials, you see that Sidious was one of, if not the most powerful Sith Lord in all of Star Wars lore. Mm. Um, with that power, him being so powerful in the dark side, as Yoda said, it clouds and shrouds everything. Right. Imagine him working, you know, in a figure of speech, I guess, uh, working through the shadows. Right. And he's playing two sides, right? He's playing the, the, the separatists against the Republic. However, he's the puppet master controlling both sides. It's actually, as for as evil as he is, boy, it's admirable how he pulled it oh, off. Oh, it's and brilliant when you just kind of see brilliant. how it all works out in the long run. Like, I know the prequel trilogy gets a lot of crap for how much time it spends on the politics of the of the um the galaxy the, the galaxy yeah but i mean if you and obviously as a kid i didn't understand it but watching it all again as an adult you're just like oh shit <laughs> you're like you, you know because because then you because on the same hand you like see how politics is how politics are now and you see how people are such master like manipulators or master like ways of manipulating their side or figuring out how things are so like you know there are people who you uh, you know as politicians and as people like 100 percent are like i don't i don't jive with everything that you've ever said ever in your life or as as a politician but i can't help but respect your hustle and respect what you do and how you so perfectly cling on to the power that you have while sitting in a room day in and day out with the Jedi Council. Right, exactly. Um, I admire his moxie. Mm -hmm. I really do. Um, right, you really do. Evil yeah. SOB. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's evil. A level of coldness yeah. and evilness to the umph degree. Right. And I mean, and he, and he totally, like, he saw what was the problem. And as he rose to the ranks, I mean, and again, I'm not sure. I always, I always forget what's canon and not canon anymore. But the Jedi Temple on Coruscant sits on it where sits on sits a on, a, mm -hmm. on a Sith on an old Sith temple, and is just this. And there, the the assumption is their light side power is able to suppress the dark side energy that's they're literally sitting on top of. But if anything, that's where the hubris comes in, and the that they think that they're so powerful that they can keep it down when that actually ended up being the undoing is that that dark side power was forcing its way up and like like yoda said shrouded their ability to see beyond and they even in the in in uh, phantom minutes we were talking about how their ability to use the force was being compromised for reasons beyond their comprehension because of the rise of the rise of the dark side um with palpatine kind of really coming into his the full powers his yeah. full powers yeah um and so, yeah, it's just, it's amazing to, yeah. Like, and that's kind of how it is that there. And then when, when you become so dependent on your abilities um, that are available that you've used for so long, you miss out on the obvious because you assume that if you were supposed to see it, you would have seen it. It was, what is it? it's like a, I mean, that this is pulling from a completely different genre, but I remember there's an episode of house where they have like, where they're trying to diagnose a patient and they've run all the fancy medical tests they could. And then at some point, House is like, did any of you just stick their sample under a microscope and look? And they're like, <laughs> no. And then that's when they realized they had a parasite that couldn't be tested on any of the fancy medical tests that exist. But literally their eyeballs in a microscope could see, 
oh yeah, there's a thing floating around in there that's not supposed to be there. I mean, that's literally the parallel here is that the Jedi became so reliant on their ability to utilize and perceive through the force that they literally couldn't see that the person standing right in front of them is the same dude with the cloak over his face, like, hello, I am the I am the evil person. I just, I mean, like we said, I mean, that level of gamery is just like, I, I just, I, I don't get it. Uh, like so many times, especially in Clone Wars, because that's what I've watched the most. And like you're saying, it's like, I'll, I'll be watching an episode. I'm like, how aren't y'all feeling that in the forest? Like, there's some, some, and not even imagine, but not even the Palpatine part. It'll be like something's going on on the planet they're on, and I'm like, oh, but y'all supposed to be tapped into the forest. We're all shaking yeah, our yeah. heads right now, just people who are listening. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and it just goes into it just goes into the fact that they were blind. They they yeah. they were so bought into their own belief system, okay. um, which there is nothing wrong with being dedicated to your own belief system, but there is an issue when you're so deep in your own beliefs that you're unwilling to uh to pay attention what's going yeah. on around you and entertain other um, um, possibilities. And then the Jedi suffered that and Order 66 happened. Oh. And I mean, to this oh. day, I still, my gut still gets wrenched every time I watch Order 66. Every single time. And then of <laughs> course, it it makes for such good, like, you know, obviously then as a viewer, it makes for such good viewing that they have revisited Order 66 three more times correct and every single time it's still like oh god oh no 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 because you see actually if you think about four more times i also forgot i forgot they revisited jedi fallen order too yeah four (laughs) times since yeah that they've they've revisited every single time just given from the perspective that it's coming from every single time it's different and it hits you every single time Season season seven of Clone Wars blew my mind. I was just like, I, I five I, more times. I think I I just sat there and I was like, what's what's happening? Like I was just literally like, yeah, it's especially once you start to see it unfoil, and I'm like, uh oh, like who? And I already know who, but I'm like, who? You and like, must how, and, and how, how corrupted is this? And. You got all these different secret names of like Duke who got a side name that he used. Like Darth Tyrannus. And it's, yeah, yeah. Like, and then you got like uh Sarge Ventress and, and her journey. Um, you got Savage, and you got and then like when because I, I think when I watched first watched uh Clone Wars, I didn't know I had known Dark Maul was 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 dead, but then I wasn't ready for Doug is air quoting dead, by the way. <laughs> like, right, right. <laughs> Like, that, I, Doug. <laughs> like I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for him to not be dead, and so I, I think I paused the episode and was just like, "Okay, um, this is happening." <laughs> just like, yeah. And so the beautiful for me, like coming into this new, the beautiful thing for me is like there's so many different avenues now, yes, like yes. there's so many different ways and. And I think that's why part of the reason I didn't get attached to Star Wars early um, probably was because I, I need details with things in my life. Like, I can't be like, you just can't give me some like, you know, like half sandwich and be like, oh, just had it. It's like, I know I need the full sandwich. I need my fries. I need my drink. Like, you can't just be giving me three movies and it just ain't we good. 
And then <laughs> 40 but, years later, basically, yeah. like you're going to give us the prequel to all of that stuff. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing with the way, the way the way the Star Wars franchise has gone is that they've gotten they have so much lore that they can interweave from and pull from. Despite or, what Kathleen Kennedy uh, says right. a couple years ago, she's quoted as saying there's not as much material to pull from and then i'm like have you seen the expanded universe right and then and then they're they're gonna pretend like the expanded universe is not canon and they'll be like surprise here's thrawn and rebels which by the way he's actually in top five he is my uh, favorite character Mm -hmm. non-force yeah one as a non-force user definitely one of my favorite characters mithron naruto grand yes oh that guy was cool yeah but yeah, for it to just be like, surprise, he's here. And to be like, there's, yeah, there's so much stuff. And yes, there's a lot of the expanded universe or the legends canon, air quote unquote, legends canon. Right that, there, yes, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot, there's, you know, there's a lot of, you know, stuff you've got to wade through that's, you know, not as good, you know, a giant planet that's technically a force user and all that kind of weird stuff. But there's also a lot of good there that is available. And yeah. so like, there's so much that they can, Pull from, but th- that's the thing. Like Doug, you, you know, you're using the analogy of getting a half sandwich, and you want your fries and your drink, also. But the problem is, once you, I feel like, once you get into it, you, you're you're you've got your half sandwich, and then when you want more, the whole menu gets thrown at you. Because <laughs> I remember, that's I a remember great watch- way of putting it. That's yeah. a great way of putting it. I remember, yeah, because I remember watching Mando season one, and I thought, oh, this is nice. This is refreshing. This is different. This is you know where going real small scale, following a Mandalorian just as a bounty hunter and his trials and tribulations and his run up against, you know, the remnants of the empire. And oh, look, yeah, there's this force user that's the same species as Yoda. And so that's the thing, you know, and you're like, fine, fine, fine. That's all good. And then they introduce um, what's his face, his character. Um, I can't, I, I'm blanking on his name right now. The, the bad guy. Giancarlo um, uh, um, um, Esposito. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, I forgot what his character is. Yes, man from Breaking Bad. Yes, there you go. But he, yeah, and he. So you're just like, oh yeah, and he's like a bad guy. He's like a remnant Moff of the Gideon. Empire. Yeah, Moff Gideon. Thank you. Um, but yeah, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Black Saber comes out. I'm like, no. I'm like, what? No, how? Wait, what? And, and you know, and then you're like, and for as a Star Wars fan, you're like. And who you know who's into it, you're like you know the history and the legacy of the the, the dark saber, and so you're just like, what? But how? I thought that I thought yeah. the last person that had it was Bo Katan, and but and they, but then how? But and so I I'm freaking out about it, and I think I remember freaking out and texting a friend of mine who was watching Mando, and but she wasn't as into Star Wars that way, and so she's just like, <laughs> what's the what's the what's the deal with this black lightsaber? I'm like. Oh, sweetie, I have that is so the much dark I need to saber. Not just any yeah. lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, it's the dark saber, and I'm just like, okay, here we go. And so then it became, I'm just like, oh, and I'm like, and the minute they introduce the dark saber, and it's a man, the Mandalorian series, I'm like, oh, they're doing it. Oh, they're doing a thing. Oh, they're gonna do the thing. Oh, this is gonna be, this is gonna be epic. So yeah, yeah. So there you go. So so there's your example of. Getting a half sandwich and then getting the whole menu thrown at you. No, that's literally how I felt because, like I told you, I'm beginning on this train slowly. Or let's say, let's stick with the food analogy. I was, I'm like nibbling onto my sandwich and fries and stuff, and then I'm like, "Oh, y'all, y'all got y'all talking about five more shows? Like, like, 
Yeah. Yeah. I will say um, I have been delighted with Disney's non-episodical projects. So Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is um, Mando, Mm -hmm. um, Book of Boba Fett, which I know there's some people have their gripes with it, but um, I just tell those people, hey, remember the sequel trilogy? Let's not complain. So um, (laughs) Book of Boba Fett, Kenobi, um, they've got all these, you mentioned a little bit, uh, Doug, they've got these projects like Ahsoka coming. We've got Andor oh. coming in a few months. I cannot wait for Ahsoka. Um, we've got Bad Batch Season 2 coming. Um, we've got uh, so many projects coming down the line. Uh, Disney's done a pretty good job with their outside of legacy character projects. <laughs> yes. And, and, and the thing that's cool, and we can talk about where Star Wars is going after this. Uh, Liam, I sent you, I think Chris, I sent you the podcast as well. Um, and it, but for me, it was nice to hear, especially what Star Wars is, that a lot of people that are working on these projects, like writers and just crew people, are Star Wars fans. So mm-hmm. it's, it's this real beauty of it's not just like somebody who's just like, oh, OK, I just got this gig for like, you know, a couple months to yeah. work. But it's people who are really involved and love the, the galaxy of it. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine if those people who worked on the sequel trilogy. Mm. Hmm. I know. I, I always imagine. I always think about imagine. that for a right. minute. If if those those people that, like you mentioned, Doug, that are working on these projects, like Ahsoka and Mando, that are our lifelong fans that understand the canon and the lore, mm-hmm. if only they were part of that sequel trilogy project, who knows what we could have gotten? Right. But I'm going on a totally different tangent. Sorry. Disney, right. listen, listen to the Dig on Doug podcast. Just, just, that, do that. Like hit Liam <laughs> up and then hit Chris up. Don't hit me up because I can't help you. They can take you places. So, so where, where, as we, as we get ready to, to, to wind down here, where do you feel it's going? Where do you hope it's going? Um, and you can take that in, in whatever avenue that you want, but I know there's a whole bunch of avenues that you can go. You've seen the new stuff that's coming out. So you've seen that stuff, like, like Liam just touched on it. And so, and, and Obi-Wan is currently going, um, what, what do you think about where everything is at and where do you, you hope and envision for it to go? Hmm. So in terms of material and product wise, I mean, the future of Star Wars is clearly in their streaming um, yeah. series. Um, that there's a reason why just this previous Star Wars celebration, no movies were really talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, we did have, it was rumored that Ryan Johnson, oh my goodness, would be given a trilogy to do, but that's been put on hold indefinitely. Um, there was a movie slated for, uh, Chris, I think, was it 2022 or 2023? It was originally supposed to be Rogue Squadron. Yes. That's been delayed. Yeah. So, which clearly tells us Disney sees that their future may not necessarily be in terms of Star Wars on the silver screen and that these these more nuanced series series and projects is is the direction in terms of create creative wise um i think they are wise to stay away from sequel trilogy characters for now i think um a lot of the fan base is still quite burned by the um the direction that those sequel movies went so i think they're going to spend a lot of time um creative wise within the 30 years between return of the jedi and The Force Awakens, uh, fleshing that that story out more, building more of those connections. Um, I th- really think that's where we're gonna um, 
we're going to see a, a bulk of their upcoming projects coming from um, that. And then as we're seeing it in Kenobi, the age of the empire. Yeah. At that time between revenge of the Sith and the new hope. So that's mm-hmm. kind of those two areas. I think they're going to um, stay for now. Mm-hmm. Now in a few years, maybe we'll see Ray, maybe we'll see um, Ben Solo and, and Finn. Um, but, but for now, I, I think they know maybe we <laughs> that just yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, and I would agree with Liam that that definitely seemed to be the direction that makes the most sense just in the short term. Um, and then, but we do run up and then, and then obviously that area, yeah, the era, the New Republic era right before Force Awakens and then that in-between time between um, A New Hope and uh, Revenge of the Sith. Um, mm-hmm. But again, but then this is where, um, and this is when we... In our pre-conversation, kind of bring it back, kind of bring it back full circle. What we were talking about before we started recording, um, I jumped in a little late, and then Liam was already talking about how um, Disney has boxed themselves into a little bit of a corner with some of the continuity issues, with um, or even not, if not issues, some of the continuity pitfalls, obstacles. Obstacles. There Let's you use go. that word. Obstacles. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that they've dealt with um, because of where the established canon is. So if you're trying to thread the needle in that uh, in the twenty year the twenty year gap between um, uh, Re- Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, then you have to deal with a lot of um, things um, and a lot of issues there. Like, um, I mean, it, the, the one fun fact that I just saw recently. Um, that blew my mind now that in retrospect is that there's a line in Revenge of the Sith when um, Anakin actually meets General Grievous for the very first time and goes, you're shorter than I expected you to be Mm -hmm. or something (laughs) like that. And that whole thing, yeah, yeah, exactly, means that, and I didn't didn't put two and two together until someone mentioned that, that Dave Filoni had to plan all of Clone Wars around the fact mm. that Anakin and General Grievous never actually meet each other. And so, and I know, and the first two or three, probably the first two or three seasons is a lot of the cat and mouse game yes. between Obi-Wan and Anakin and General Grievous and how many times General Grievous always just slips out of their fingers every single time they think Especially they have Especially when they track him down to his fortress and he still exactly. manages to slip away. Right, exactly. And the fact that Anakin never sees him close enough to compare heights. And I just, and then when someone told me that, I was like, oh shoot, they do never actually see each other in Clone Wars. And I, and they didn't put that together. So like, so I mean, that's like a funny kind of like continuity thing, but that's the kind of thing that they have to deal with. So it's like something like that. We were talking a little bit about Kenobi and where we thought the direction of Kenobi was going and Liam and I, and Liam, you want to fill in some of this because I don't want to speak for you, obviously. Um, but we were talking about how there's most likely has to be at least um, one other confrontation. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Now yes. this is actually legitimately a spoiler alert for people who um, haven't watched, aren't up to date. as of watching Obi-Wan when it, well, yeah. it should be a time because this, this is going to be a minute. But if you're watching right. this and you haven't watched Obi-Wan yet, episode three yeah, i feel like we're kind of past that whole don't spoil it i mean you've had like how many days to, to, to <laughs> a week? okay if you're a real star wars fan you would watch it by now i'm just saying so. okay fair yes but that's the thing if you like so there you know there will but be we're not at least judging one other, we're not judging yeah, we're not <laughs> but there will be at least one there has to be at least one other confrontation like legitimate lightsaber duel between vader and 
Obi-Wan because of the fact that of what, Obi- what uh, Vader says in A New Hope about how he left the learner and is now the master, which means Obi-Wan must still have one more thing to teach Vader. Plus the fact that when Obi-Wan shows up in Rebels, in the last the last season of Rebels, he's badass and full on his Jedi self again. But he is yeah. clearly currently not anywhere near his Jedi self yet. So there must be some transformation that happens between what is it like, what is right now technically like 11 BBY and like one BBY. Yeah. So yeah. To, to kind of use a term, I'm sure Doug will understand this. When we see Obi-Wan in Rebels, uh, when he has that showdown with Maul, we're seeing a Super Saiyan Obi-Wan Kenobi here. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for real, he is. Oh, he is. At yeah. this point, he has come out of the rut that he is in currently in the Kenobi show. He mm-hmm. clearly has trained. He uh, clearly has far more knowledge of the force than even he did when he was serving in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, so it is necessary for that line that Chris mentioned. Uh, Vader says in A New Hope, when I left you, I was but the learner, but now I am the master. Um, but if you just saw the episode three of Kenobi, you're like, what? Kenobi just got wrecked. How... Yeah, there's going to be another fight, and I think uh, we're going to see a very powerful Obi-Wan Kenobi because I. you also have to remember in this this fight he just had, this is the first time he's still in shock that Anakin survived. Yeah. So now the next time they fight, he'll have processed that. He's like, all right, dude, I see you now. Try dragging me through the fire again. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the the lightsaber will literally will will not be heavy in Obi Wan's hands. I mean, this is credit to um credit to Ewan McGregor's acting ability. Like yeah. you felt like the lightsaber weighed like fifty pounds or a hundred pounds in his hand the way he was struggling with it because he's so been so cut off from right. the force and well, he recognizes how cut off from the force Obi Wan has been that it's it's so heavy. It's it's what a it's as heavy it's, as a dark saber when man was just it. about to say that liam get out of my brain yeah. but it's very literally you know it's a, almost like a intentional or unintentional it's a callback it's a call forward to, to a certain extent to mando wielding the dark saber in um book of boba fett slash mando season two and a half yeah season 2.5 mando season 2.5 that's what i've been calling it um but yeah like but how heavy he says the dark saber is um, because he doesn't have the confidence to wield it. It's the same way. Obi-Wan, I mean, a little bit more confidence because at least it's his old weapon, but he's struggling so hard with it. And you can like see it in the way Ian McGregor acts with it. It's so amazing. The fact that he has to like cross hold it and literally use two hands and all of his strength mm-hmm. just to deflect Vader's attack. Like just all the little things he does to show how diminished he is in his ability. Like honestly, hats off to Ian McGregor for how he's portraying that for sure so well yeah oh man um this is ridiculous yeah. and especially like y'all up here like like bring stuff from different but this this is beautiful i don't know if i'll ever get to that level um people listening to this and if you you appreciate this this is beautiful like these guys have never met each other this is the first time but you see when you have something in common that runs deep you you can find the same sheet of music and the same paragraph and the same line. Like it ain't even like just the same page. Um, Jesus, uh, Liam, did you have anything else like that you wanted to touch on that that you had? 
I know there's so much, but yeah, uh, it's, we'll, it's, we'll just have a second episode. We'll have another podcast episode in a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months. We'll come back. I'll bring some more folk because um, there's going to be more to talk about. And I feel especially now we'll need to talk after Obi-Wan is, is complete um, as well. Um, there's just Bad Batch so- season two. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I have actually there, watched Mandalorian, yeah. like I right. have, like and Boba Fett, so I'll, I'll watch. Yeah. There, there's rumor, there's rumors that they might do a series set in the High Republic. I don't know if you saw that, Liam. Yeah, well, so a, um, um, Acolyte, yeah, is the name is the name of the series. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be take place during the High Republic, so about a hundred years before the events of the Phantom Menace. Yeah, uh, Farouk and uh, Bradshaw. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right? I, Act like yeah. Protection Agency, APA. Yeah. Bam, bam, bam. Some poker and some beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, I think just one final thing. You could do a thing, totally do just... an old school WWF. Uh, yeah. Well, there's, I'd be totally you're down amongst for that. wrestling Attitude era. Well, so. Oh, yeah. 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 I don't, yeah. And then just in terms of sequel, I don't know where the sequel, I don't know what's what the future direction is. I know they want to get away from the Skywalker family because, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's beaten to death. But they've poisoned the well of the Palpatine family as well now, because with how they handled um, Ray and it just it's Ray. and so I don't so I don't know I don't know I mean you know Ray's story is so tragic Ray I mean, so yeah, tragic I mean for for me it is because I I wanted so bad for her just to be Ray nobody because you wanted her me, to be Ray nobody I wanted to be a nobody and here's why I wanted people to see that the force will choose who it wants for its conduit. You do not Mm. have to be a descendant of some powerful lineage like the Palpatines or the Skywalkers. Either that, or I would have loved for her to somehow have been connected to Kenobi. Oh, Um, that was mine. That that was, was, it was one of those two. So I, I, I will admit, and I really wanted to like Ray so much. When I, I watched did. The Force Awakens, I was so mm-hmm. excited. Right. Uh, and the, then the, Brian yeah. Johnson just took a huge dump on me with the, with the last right. Jedi. And, well, and, that's, and that's the thing. No, like for me, that was the thing. Like The Force Awakens, the, the, the Force Awakens and then um, the, the Last Jedi completely ruined my ability to theorize about a movie ever again. Like I, prior to, the, prior to that time period between the force awakens and the last Jedi, i was that guy i would watch fan theories and pick apart random clues and do all of this stuff to you know because i was under the expectation that in long-term storytelling which is what the sequel trilogy was supposed to be that you lay clues for your for your fans to pick for the for your devout fans to pick up on and figure out which to, where the direction is going and and you, i could be right I could be wrong. It's fine, but the uh, the the clues. Uh, but my interpretation of the clues should be leading to somewhere. And if I misinterpret those clues and it leads to the other option, that's fine. But it should not. It should. The options are A, B, or C. The option should not be L, which is what the <laughs> option ended up being. There's a big L, a big a L, a big that. L, and um, I, I didn't choose L deliberately. But now that I realize what it is, L was the right letter. And but see, and then there's a problem: is that if they had committed to Ryan Johnson's direction in the Last Jedi and carried that forward to um, the, the, the the Rise of Skywalker or whatever it was supposed to be called, that would have been fine, also. But the fact is, then JJ comes back and goes, "Wait, wait, 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 wait." I it's literally trying to pull a Jedi mind trick on the entire community. Go, this is not the movie 
you remember it to be. This is the direction the movie is supposed I, to go I, in. I will I will say this though, because I, I don't want to be one of those Star Wars, you know, the the, the fanboys that just sit and crap on the sequel trilogy. Right. Because I will say this: the sequel trilogy introduced so many people to this world, so mm-hmm. many people to this this um, this story. And so we have to also think about that and be grateful for that too. That is true. With all of its shortcomings. I mean, for me, again, one of the biggest, and another one of the biggest shortcomings was in the rise of Skywalker. How powerful would it have been to have the force ghost standing with Ray mm, as she yes. faced Palpatine. Right. Cause she says, I am all the Jedi. I would mm-hmm. have loved to have seen Anakin force ghost, Kenobi, Yoda stand with her instead of just right. hearing the voices. Right. Um, again, but that's just, but and those are just gripes. But the sequel trilogy did introduce so many more people to to the world and to the story, right. and so and, um, yeah. And I have and I have said, and again, in, and then again, in defense of the movies, um, as, especially the first two movies, as individual movies, they are actually I, I like them as individual movies. Like I actually like them as individual movies a lot more than I like any individual movie from the prequel trilogy, mm-hmm. um, but. As it just in terms of long term storytelling, they did not pay it off correctly. Well, that's because the writers even came out and said, Oh, yeah, by the way, we didn't actually have a roadmap for this. Right, exactly. Whereas the prequel trilogy for each of its individual movie flaws, since it was all in George Lucas's head, he knew where he was going. Definitive start, definitive end. Right. Rising actions. Right. Yeah, fill in the details in between. Yeah, it it still blows my mind that this was in that man's head. I just, I, it. Yeah. Oh, the the Central Valley is kind of a boring place. He grew up in Modesto. What are you going to (laughs) do? Exactly. I I live in the Central Valley, so I can say that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like, I mean, obviously, some of the some of the things he, you know, he just kind of made up on a whim. But to be so committed to a particular direction and be so committed to a particular group of characters but to also not be so obtuse to like be to not um to you know to not allow others to fill in i think that's the power of george lucas and star wars is that he allowed others to play in his sandbox um whereas you know someone like jk rowling and harry potter she's not great about letting others play in her sandbox and that is served to the detriment of the harry potter but that, that, uh, that, that, that could also Lord. be like a woman thing. Like in, so like we won't touch um, Chris, <laughs> yeah. I definitely know you are in a doctorate program because some of the words you've been using today is just like not normal. Like, <laughs> like yeah, he's in a doctorate program. So <laughs> oh, this is how I've always talked, man. I, I, I know, Chris, but there's been some extra seasoning. There's been some doctorate seasoning in here today. So <laughs> it's perfectly fine. You're still you. Your 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 root of your your stew is still you. So um man guys thank you so much this is i'm 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 right now i'm like excited to go watch some star wars stuff so like it's it, this has definitely happened i had never thought i would do a star wars episode on my podcast but look times change things change so before we close out the episode and de- i'm gonna definitely connect you both on on facebook so you can know each other and and, and do all that stuff um in my head i'm like should i even start like a 
uh, Star Wars group chat. So, Chris, the, you can reach out to your friend and you, and get, you know, don't have to be let down because she's not excited for the dark paper <laughs> like you were. So No, no, I got other friends who are just, who are just as geeked out for it. No, I have a, I definitely have friends who would geek out the same thing no, I Chris, do. I'm, so. just, I'm just messing with you, Chris. Right. I know. But, I know. It, it, but, just real quick to go to the dark saber thing. So it's funny because I was listening to Chris ex- describing his reaction to seeing the dark saber, right? In, in, in Mando. And for me, my reaction was that, and out of you guys ever watched Friends, when Chandler comes around the corner because he's caught, uh, I think he's caught, who is it, uh, uh, Ross and, and Rachel, and he comes around the corner and goes, I knew it. Um, <laughs> that, that, that was kind of my thing. Like he busts out the lights here. I'm like, I knew it. <laughs> um, but again, that's just because. Um, just all the ancillary stuff right? the last like i said the last mm-hmm. almost 30 years i've just been head down in in comics and books and video games and stuff and so it's very enjoyable for me to watch these series because i see a lot of it harping back to mm-hmm. to those roots and those foundations i think star wars creatively is in a perfect place with filoni and favreau at the helm especially because filoni worked with lucas uh, for so long on the clone Wars series Wars, yeah Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's in a great place creatively. Um, I can only imagine what would have happened. How would the sequel trilogy be different if Filoni? In fact, oh my God! I've, yeah, maybe no, we would have. Maybe we would have seen Jason Solo, aka Darth Kydus, from the expanded oh. universe instead of Ben Solo. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, then, but then, I, and I actually, and there's a funny thing, you know, it, this is this speaks to the power of the Star Wars fan bases and how it kind of crosses generations is that since I, some of my entry into some of the more uh, expanded material was much later, I didn't know about some of the controversies. I actually just learned actually how disliked Filoni was um, during the initial run of Clone Wars um, because of the unintentional, intentional messing of what the community at the time considered canon for the Clone Wars. Um, And so he was actually very disliked by the larger Star Wars community mm-hmm. at the time, um, yeah, because was. yeah, and so and so for me coming around to um, recognizing his work in Rebels and recognizing his work in the various Disney Plus streaming shows and kind of being the showrunner for the you know the small screen side of Disney and Star Wars, um, all I have is positive things for him because of the amazing work he's done in maintaining the integrity of Star Wars. So it baffled me to read about how disliked he was in that, well, it's, in it's that funny. original run of Clone Wars. Yeah. It's funny, Chris, because the people, I remember this. I mean, I was younger then, but I remember you know, reading these articles and stuff. And this is how, like, dude, you're only, like, 15 when this was happening. Yeah, but this is how much Star Wars is a part of my life, right? <laughs> um, the people, the same people that were making these criticisms and complaints about Filoni are the same people who were criticizing the prequel trilogy when they came out. Mm-hmm. I like to call them OT purists, original trilogy yes. purists. Everything after Return of the Jedi is garbage, no matter how good it actually is. These see, now, the, the, this is the irony, though. The people who were criticizing Filoni for, quote-unquote, breaking canon are the same people criticizing the prequel trilogy, which set up the Clone Wars... So it's like, wait a minute, you're complaining about something you already don't like because you don't like the prequels. <laughs> what? It's one of those things where maybe you just like to hear the sound of your own voice? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, mo- most people feel like they can do better until the pen is put to the paper and they have to. The armchair. Right. Yeah. You know. They see it all the time. Maybe they should have done this. Maybe they should have done that. 
Maybe, but they didn't. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the maybe and the gift game, is, the if game, is always a fun game until it's until it's time to to make it a reality. So, first, um, before we get out of here, I do have to double back and and just ask this question, William, because uh, you said that you at a young age you you leaned towards uh, Darth Vader. Um, that was there was an attraction there. Uh, what was that that attraction or that that? So, initially as a kid, I think it was the mystery behind mm-hmm. Darth Vader. Um, the, the, you know, underneath that armor and that mask was a person. Mm-hmm. And so I think the mystique of Darth mm-hmm. Vader is what drew me in as a child. But then as I grew into my early teens and teenage and, you know, the, so, and so with that, I was a teenager when the prequels were coming out. So yeah. the story of Anakin Skywalker was being told and that actually sucked me in even more to, to liking Darth Vader. Um, because of seeing his upbringing and I was able to relate to some of the things that he might, was feeling mm-hmm. going, uh, maybe not so much going through, but feeling. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that kind of pulled the attraction even more uh, to, Dar- to, to Darth Vader. Um, yeah. All right. I mean, it's, 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 we, this is that we'll definitely have to do a follow-up episode um, at some point in time. So before we get out of here, customary dig on Doug. Uh, want to know what you're digging on that's not Star Wars related. So just anything in your personal life right now that you're digging on uh, that you just want to share with the folks? Um, anything I'm currently digging on? Uh, yeah. Star Wars? Man, I live and breathe Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I can't really. God, this is sad. <laughs> well i did just finish who knows i did just finish work for the um for the year because i'm a school teacher mm-hmm. so i've got the summer to jump into some more uh some more opportunities uh to wrap my head around i am actually finishing up the last kingdom on netflix um, oh, okay. which i don't know if either of you have seen it but it is a historical fiction uh mm-hmm. based in uh saxon uh, viking saxon england um, and so I'm working through that final season. I've been waiting for it for like two or three years, but I had to do that thing where you go back and watch the last season. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. been so long. You don't actually remember what happened. Yeah. Um, so I'm just kind of working my way through that. Just catching up on some series that I didn't have time to really dive into throughout the school year. I also have two small boys, so yeah. uh, they keep me very busy too, which one of them, his name is Kylo. Um, now here's the thing though, real quick, um, the, how he got that name. So I had found out that my wife was pregnant about maybe eight months before The Force Awakens. And, um, oh, no, 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 no. This had to have been about maybe three months before The Force Awakens. But about a year prior to The Force Awakens, this is how kind of like how much into Star Wars I'm, I, I am. Um, I found, I went online and found leaked script of the force awakens about a year before it came out oh. so i was seeing the character names i was like kylo ren that's a pretty unique name kylo ky skywalker lo solo kylo so i'm looking at that i'm like man if i ever had a son i would consider that name fast forward a few months my wife tells me she's pregnant <laughs> so um now so his name's kylo i do hope that he doesn't stab me in the chest that was sad. <laughs> Uh, hopefully my younger son will defend my honor (laughs) um but yeah so looking forward to summer spending time with my boys catching up on some streaming series um open to to suggestions either you guys or anybody that's listening has suggestions totally open 
Hey, so, so, what a Witcher! If you haven't watched that, but I'm sure you have. Yes, that is in my Netflix queue oh, right okay. now. <laughs> so, that, that's that's yeah. a good one. The medieval time was uh, Chris. Um, I got to school as Doug has alluded to a few times. I am in a doctoral program. I am entering my third year, um, which means I am entering my go write your damn dissertation and do the data collection and research part of it. So that is a you know a significant undertaking that will consume most of my life for the next year probably year and a half probably um but at the same time um the marvel tv series have been very good to me so far i really enjoyed moon knight um i'm excited for miss marvel that's coming up that's starting this week as well um and then also the movie obviously the marvel movies have been very intriguing for me Oh, I can't um, Thor. But that is oh, yeah. Thor Love and Thunder will be amazing. Um, and then, Ed May's uh, back. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong universe. <laughs> I know. Cross universe, yeah. Um, and then uh, the Warriors are playing right now. Um, I gave Doug a little bit of crap, obviously, even though the schedule was, you know, just life dictated the schedule. But, you know, I'm currently, I've missed probably now the first half of game two of the Warriors in the NBA Finals. So... Um, I've been peeking at the score. So you got Chris, who's winning the who's winning the series? I got Dubs in seven, so six or seven. It's going to be a long series, and it'll go up and down. It's why I listen to all the like pre like series analysis, but I cannot listen to the in between stuff because it's just overreaction city everywhere. It's you know. Skip Bayless talking about how Curry oh, is an NBA no, choker. Don't, don't and, say that man's name on my podcast. I know, no, I can't. I, I, it, it loathes me to, you know, I, I refuse to acknowledge that he was once a Bay Area sports person because he, he's just so atypical of a Bay Area sports person. Mm-hmm. Um, because usually Bay Area sports people like we're. You know, we're, we're, I like to say, you know, we're like knowledgeable homers. We like support our team, obviously, to the end, but we also recognize where uh, credit is credit is due generally. So it's just I think weird. It depends for, on which Bay team. I've been an Oakland A's fan since 1996. And uh, <laughs> I just, I think I've reached that, that moment where I'm just kind of, you know, I'm not going to invest any more of my time into mm-hmm. this team. I'm not going to oh, invest God. any more I, of my I, money. Right, um, I, I'm still burned re- from the Josh Donaldson trade seven years ago. So, <laughs> that, um, to be fair, that is a very fair moment to be burned. I I have had the fortune of being from being a native San Franciscan. I am a San Francisco sports fan, so the Niners, the Giants, and so I've had the opposite that of you know franchises and owners who are un who are a hundred percent willing to burn payroll and burn cash whether it's to their detriment or not um, but at least i know they're willing to burn it right so yeah um but yeah i'm also i mean just in one other tv show i'm interested umbrella academy is supposed to come back in the near future as well so liam you said you were talking about a show you might want to that you haven't heard of. i don't know if you've watched umbrella academy um but it's based off of a graphic novel series it's kind of like um if the if x-men if x-men meets dysfunction if an x-men were an even more dysfunctional family oh i have to check Did it out get it anymore? <laughs> uh, what streaming services are it's on netflix. netflix it's on netflix so yeah so again yeah 
it, it is more dysfunctional because at least the the when the x-men despite all of their um animosity toward each other when the rubber meets the road they tend to be able to do what's necessary um the umbrella academy kids are not not so so great about that unless their ass is completely to the fire Uh, um so they there's a lot of dysfunction there given how they grew up and it also they're all kind of victims of an abusive father figure so that's part of it as well so um oh, okay yeah so yeah, it's it's, it's inter- how are you yeah. in a doctorate program and doing all of this at the same time i don't know how you're doing this so i mean i i only sleep like six five to six hours a night <laughs> hey man good for you i i start yeah. i got to my master's and was like i'm done tap out yeah. <laughs> oh yeah so yeah same here like, I, like mm, I, they want that so good for I, you man honorary yeah, good doctor. job chris honorary doctor, so. yeah i mean I, I came to this point yeah no i i I there was part of me that always thought maybe I'll go back for my doctorate, but in 2012 when I finished my master's degree, I was like, oh, it's gonna be a while before I go back to school. And then, of course, I decided to do school on hard mode and to start a doctorate in the middle of the pandemic. So, and here you yeah. are, a survivor, yes, here a, yeah, unlike the Jedi from Order 66. I'm just playing. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, currently, what what I am digging on, um, I found it's, it's always good to find a good game that's like not too hard but fun enough. Um, I am currently playing One Piece Warriors uh, Pirate Four. Warriors Four. It's a very good game. I mean, I'm I'm watching One Piece as well right now. Episode, I think I'm at nine six. Good anime. Um, love it. Out of what, like? 2000? No, 1000s and like 15 right now, Chris. Like, come, we okay. want to get to the 2000s, but we're not there yet. Okay. So, um, really enjoying that game. If anybody knows the, the game um, 99 Nights, it's a similar aspect to that game, which is really fun, a nice button masher, but with some detail. So, um, really enjoying that and enjoying getting into the Star Wars uh, galaxy a little bit more and definitely got a lot out of uh, our time today. Yeah. Oh, hey, d- Dragon, Dragon Ball Superhero. Did you see? Have you seen the trailers for those? Yeah, I've seen it. I've, I've, of course. Okay, I'm excited about that too. I'm, I'm excited about a uh, Gohan and Piccolo centered story. True, but like One Piece has literally shifted uh, Dragon Ball everything to like slot four, and One Piece is one, two, and three. <laughs> <laughs> MHA Dragon never, Ball's been usurped. <laughs> MHA never got high enough on your list. Hmm? MHA. Oh my! Okay. It's it's there. It's it's. You know, it's like right behind Dragon Ball, but like One yeah. Piece is just so. I, yeah, I, I think time just catches up. I mean, I have been meaning to get back and finish the last two episodes of Attack on Titan for like the last month. Ah. I just haven't gotten to it. I, I love that anime. Um, but just time, man. You get busy, yeah, right? Yep. Always, always so much. And you got two little ones over there. So, yeah. and a missus to take care and of. And a missus. Busy, busy, busy. <laughs> Fellas, trade it for anything though. Thank you again so much for this. This was a great episode. You'll be back. I'll expand this as well. I know, like, I'm sure I'm going to hear from some friends of like, well, I was not in that episode. If, <laughs> if you are one of my friends, and hey, ha- Hammer Post Wedding might be into this. Who? Hammer Post Wedding. Oh, I, the- I, yeah, I, I, I know. I, that's why I didn't reach out to him. So, yeah. But other, if you're it, reach out to me and 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 we'll we'll make something bigger next time. So, uh, Liam. Chris, thank you again so much. Chris, go ahead and watch those Warriors. You know, I got uh, Celtics in six. 
Uh, also, no, Chris, you are in the you are in the room with two Eagle fans, so. <laughs> Fly yeah. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> everybody, take I'm care. still I'm still upset that COVID interrupted our plans to go see the to do to go to the Eagles uh, Niners game. Because yeah. that was the that was the season they were supposed well, look, to do. Look, it. Well, hey, look, I won't even talk about COVID because then it also took us out going from E three. So I won't even talk about that. I know, yeah, it cancelled a lot of things. Oh, COVID! Yeah. I, I've I've learned co- this week, especially COVID is like that drunk uncle that shows up to the family reunion. Nobody invited, nobody likes. They just show up already hammered and just ruining everybody's experience. Yeah. Right. But so, uh, but then the thing is, and and then he's a drunk uncle that's impossible to get rid of. Too. Right. Like, you know, if you ever seen House of Pain, he's like Mr. Brown. He shows up to their house for the party and they can't get you. you you're laughing, Doug. You know what I'm talking about. They can't get him out the house. Yeah, you're totally right, Chris. It is true. So thank you, fellas, again so much. Everybody listening, take care of yourselves. Drink some water, relax, go enjoy something. Uh, take care of your mental health as well. That's something else I've been digging on is uh, being in therapy. So. Um, It ain't easy, but it's worth it. So until next time, peace out and keep digging, y'all.